Hey, this is Sean Marr. I play Simon Tam and voice Nightwing. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm M. Ciro Garcia. And we are here tonight with our review, not really review, I guess it's our, what do we call it? Our uh, Rehash. Uh, rehash. No, we had a term for it. Re- rewind. This is our rewind of Independence Day, because obviously the new Independence Day movie is out. And we thought we'd do this one and give it a few weeks and then do the new movie after all everyone has watched it that really matters and um if you haven't watched it and you're listening to the show the next show and you don't want spoilers then don't listen to the show until you watch it based on what i've been hearing it it doesn't really matter <sighs> i'll reserve judgment but what we, we could we could at least say that since none of us have seen the new movie it it has not tainted our opinion of the old movie no yet no no <laughs> No, the so, old movie's done that to itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm coming from a place of you can't go home again. Oh, my. Anyway, well, go ahead. Independence Day <laughs> was um, it's a movie that I own on Blu-ray, and I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. So it's one of these movies I am glad that I do own for many reasons. But we can talk about that a little bit later. Before we get started with the show, we have a good friend of ours from Ohio. Is that right, Em? He's from Ohio, right? I think he's from Ohio. 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 Um, Good old Dave. Yes, good old Dave. Dave, uh, we met at Shore Leave last year, and he I think he had connected with you um, prior to it, right? He saw my, I was wearing my bag with my badge on the strap, but I put it on, and it was ended up with my badge on my back. And someone walked up behind me and said, it's the great M. And I thought, oh, this is one of my friends giving me a pile of crap. <laughs> and I turn around and it's, you're a nice person who I don't know. And you've just recognized me. And I keep reminding myself, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> he was super nice. And his wife was queued up. Reggie was queued up for something. And I can't remember for what, but it was just like the neatest surprise. We have fans, really Yay. nice, lovely fans. And he's going to be at shore leave again this year. Um, you have the, you have the uh, email in front of you. Do you want to read it for us? Yes, I do. Um, I can't do his voice. Hi, gang. I thought I'd check in prior to shore leave, which Reggie and I will be attending again this year. The whole reason they went was because of us, by the way, shore leave people. We love you. Um, we really enjoyed our first shore leave last year and are looking forward to it again. Reggie squeed when she saw that Greg Cox will be there. I did too. Uh, and she has me reading his eugenics war series featuring the backstory of Khan. And I'm not emphasizing it. He actually wrote Khan. He did. With two, four, six, eight. Is so ten? Yeah, ten a's? a lot of A's and yeah. five N's. Um, <laughs> Some switch flipped in our brains last year, and we are ravenously collecting Star Trek novels, mainly TOS, as well as some of the nonfiction out there. We are entering our season three 
of TOS, TOS Rewatch. Oh, how fun it would be. I wonder if we should do a little revisit with them. And then mm. in parentheses, he wrote, I heard Robert Sawyer uh, defend the embattled season three. So I'm going to feel even better now that uh, even better about enjoying Spock's brain. I do too. Um, I'm also rewatching Fringe to get ready for John Noble. Oh my God, he's amazing. I know. In some ways, seeing it again is more enjoyable than the first time. It's been long enough that some of the reveals are still a surprise, yet more meaningful to remembering for remembering enough of the overarching story. Though I should also do Lord of the Rings again. I'm not sure what I can fit in in time. Finally, we hope to see you guys there too though scott's dire hint last podcast has me losing some sleep what 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 dire hint? It? what dire were hint? you thinking of not going you intimated you might not be there the whole yeah time. yeah i wouldn't be there the whole time my my, um, my my current my current plans are definitely sunday we'll see if i can get there earlier but um, saturday is amy ponder i know i know I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I think I'm going to spend the extra money and get a, a picture with her. You should. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we get an interview with her, um, I'm definitely asking her to put the tiara on. Oh, she, definitely. She would rock the tiara. Yeah. I know. And this weekend, I will be at, um, uh, oh my God, I can't, it's been such a long day. My brain is fried. I know. It starts um, with an E. <laughs> at Escape with... Velocity this weekend, brought to you by the Museum of Science Fiction, yes. um, which doesn't have a building yet, but they're getting really close. They're holding um, a STEM conference about science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and combining it with science fiction, because science fiction is what really brings a lot of our science to light. Yeah, so absolutely. I'll be there this weekend um, on a panel with our friend Frege. Yay! Are you going to are, are you going to record it? Uh if I can figure out how to do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it'll be a good panel. <laughs> I'll I'll try. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, this week we're going to be uh talking about Independence Day, but if you want to jump in on the Independence Day resurgence uh, discussion that we have in two weeks, make sure you do email in at the uh, sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. And let us know your thoughts on the new movie. If you liked it, didn't like it, what you felt about it being a, what, 20-year follow-up to the first movie? So we'll go from there. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe it's been 20 years. I know. I know. I know. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Now, I did not watch this movie when it came out. I mean, I watched it in theaters. And it was, um, I watched it, like, I guess it would have been August 17th. So. And I know that because I went out with some guys after my the wedding rehearsal and uh, we went and saw it. So kind of like it wasn't really a bachelor's party, but it was sort of. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a it was a it was a it was a, a dude's night out. It was a dude's night out. That's right. And uh, and I saw it in the theater. and was like, wow, this is awesome. So I always remember this movie from my anniversary, even though it came out a month and a half prior. But Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I like this movie. So this movie has some nostalgia that goes just beyond the movie itself. But but I did like the movie when it came out. So I saw it in theaters. I was vacationing in Ocean City, Maryland with my family, and they had a movie theater out there, and uh, Independence Day was playing, so we, we, we saw that there. Yeah. And I recall enjoying it. Yeah. And did you see this movie when it came out? I did. I loved it. It was yeah. different. It was... Um, 
it was it was unique. It was kind of innovative. Um, some actors that you didn't expect to do a great job did an amazing thing. I think this was the break, not the breakthrough, but this is this is like one of the big steps that Will Smith took to becoming an action star. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely. Um, and then he wasn't it after this movie like he, the next three movies he opened on July Fourth all like did gangbusters except for that stupid western. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, West. Oh, yeah. so bad. Yeah, you know, it, it, and, and you 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 really you really did um, hit it. This this movie uh, did something. You know, it, there were so many new things in this movie. It it it. it was filmed for as a blockbuster for seventy five million dollars, and then practically made that all back in this opening weekend, and uh, and it did very well for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, they made a ton of money. Yeah, so a ton of money in this domestic total gross. Um, what did that come in as miles? Three hundred six million one hundred sixty nine thousand two hundred sixty eight. Yeah, and uh, foreign, um, it did even better five uh, over over five hundred million. And so worldwide, it made um, $817 million and yeah. change. <laughs> so insane, insane mm-hmm. amount of money for those days. Top movie of the year mm-hmm. that year mm-hmm. came in only behind Jurassic Park for old time at, no. that, at that point. In time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, $75 million sounds low budget now. It does. <laughs> it does indeed. Jurassic Park came in second to this. No, movie? no, no. Uh, this came in second to Jurassic Park. Okay, because yeah. I was gonna. Jurassic Park was stunning. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. stunning no for our time. No, it definitely was. It definitely was. Um, yeah. So that I mean, those are the digits on how this movie did, and uh, two hours and a half as far as the length of the movie goes, and it was a it was a movie. To remember that year so um so when we what were some of the things that you guys remembered about the movie when you saw it the first time like what were some things that stuck out to you said whoa this is an awesome movie i think for the time the action scenes i mean were between the the the, the air battle between the fighter planes and and, and uh, alien ships uh was uh, cutting edge for for first time, and, and then all, all the effects, seeing, you know, just these alien ships just level the cities of the world. You see what it does to Los Angeles and New York, and then DC. Um, it looked extremely, it looked very realistic at the time. Just it, it had a lot of realism to that. Um, as far as the story goes, I mean, I, I knew ahead of time. I had a friend see it before I did. He just said it's not going to be very hard sci-fi, you're, uh, and but it's still going to be entertaining, and, and and that's what I got out. I mean, I was I, I knew, you know, this was not going to be a deep sci-fi movie, but it was going to be an entertaining sci-fi movie, right? And, and it, a feel-good sci-fi movie. And did it feel good to you? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how about you? For me, it was the I love a good alien movie. <laughs> I have a lot of fun watching how people pull this together. And while I was, it was funny because I was reading up on, on the movie today, um, just a couple of things. 
I, I remember really loving that it was something a little different. And I know that every time an alien comes onto this planet, we assume that it's hostile. But in this in this instance, this president who, you know, they voted for a warrior and they got a wimp, which is totally not true. Um, <laughs> the first thing they did was try to reach some peace. I mean, they were armed to the teeth. But they sent an unarmed. They 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 tried to make a connection instead of just presuming. Oh, let's blow that crap out of the sky. So that was that was kind of neat. Um, to me, it felt kind of a new version of old school um, monster and alien movies, like in the, from the seventies, from when I was growing up. Um, I was just an infant in the seventies, just a wee child. <laughs> I don't even understand how I remember things from the seventies. Um, but I was also impressed with the, the, the effects because I had read that a lot of it was digital, but a lot of it was practical that there were actual miniatures and everything. I I was really impressed with that. So, and, and I can, I can still say that about 1996 and this film that, that it's impressive to make a film when you think about the technology that was available to them, it, that was pretty good. That was oh, yeah. really good. I read somewhere in one of the, uh, I believe it was in the tr- in some trivia about the film, that this was one of the last films to really make mass use of miniatures like that. Um, and they, Until Mad they, Max. Yeah, and they said that, they said that this used, uh, more miniatures were used in this film than most, than any two films combined like they use that many miniatures and it holds a world record for that what about lord of the rings though they had those bigatures and those miniatures i don't know they it's still uh it may i don't know how many they use but i just know that they uh, used a lot that weren't then com- they weren't yeah. computer generated so and so that's kind of awesome by the way you were talking about the president uh did you know kevin spacey was up for the role of president I could see that. Kevin Spacey can play pretty much anything. Yeah, he can. He can. But um, Bill Paxton. No, Pullman. not Paxton. Pullman. Bill. Pullman. Oh, for the love of St. Martin. I can't think of his name. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. <laughs> he was amazing. He had that. He had just the right kind of nice guy with a little bit of swagger to him. Oh, yeah. It was just right. And then his wife was President Laura such and such from Valstar Galactica. I had forgotten about that. Oh yeah. Mary McDonald. Yeah. There's a few connections from other sci-fi genres, uh, in this movie. I mean, uh, there's, there's four actors who did, who were, um, associated with Star Trek. I mean, uh, Brent Spiner for one, but th- you have three other actors that I was able to find. There could have been more, but, um, that uh, guest starred on episodes of Star Trek. Uh, Leland Orser, from, he, he did an episode of Voyager, Enterprise. He usually plays creepy guy roles. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he, when you see this guy, you you know who he is. Why did you look at me when you said that, Miles? Of course he's going to look at you. <laughs> You're in the same room. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, That's precisely the answer, yes. Yes. <laughs> Why are we whispering like this? I don't. No. Okay, go ahead, Miles. Yeah, <laughs> another another actor um, who's been done tons of stuff. Um, Eric Avari. Um, he was in an episode of D Space Nine, but um, 
he played the one scientist who was asleep and he gets a phone call and he, go, and he goes, you better be a beautiful, attractive woman. <laughs> um, oh, I love that guy. Yeah. He's such a great character actor. Yeah. He's been in love everything. Bits. Yeah. Um, maybe not as known, but he's done a lot of stuff. Um, he played Michael Jonas in Star Trek Voyager in season one and two. Uh, Raphael Sabarge is a guy's name, but he played one of, um, he had a decent role in this movie. He, he was like a, tech communications officer in this mm-hmm. and then i mean then jane cobb himself uh, adam baldwin uh played the one air force major uh who was one of the officers at the uh, area 51 and uh recruiting pilots uh, you know from from firefly and you know i oh, mean yeah. so, so some interesting uh connections to other sci-fi genres oh yeah yeah definitely this movie you know, when when I when I saw this movie, one of the things that I really remembered about it was the the whole decimation of the White House. Oh, that's iconic. It is iconic, and also won uh, my understanding won awards for this movie uh, in visual effects just for that scene alone. Um, the way they blew up the White House was ingenious and kind of set a precedent. Mm-hmm. It um, looked it looked very real. I did. I believed it. Mm-hmm. I believed it. <laughs> it uh, was it was beautifully rendered. It was oh, yeah. absolutely beautifully rendered and the blend of digital with um with the practical was seamless absolutely seamless mm. yeah so a, a roland emmerich film right mm-hmm. uh, you know he's kind of known for his disaster movies right am i wrong about that when i think roland emmerich i think of uh, you know 2012 Oh. Um, what else did he do uh start we did stargate and i guess he did stargate yeah he did stargate mm-hmm um, do you know what's funny is he came up with the idea for this movie while he was doing press work for Stargate. I, I did see that. I did see that, which I thought was kind of sweet. That is. Uh, what other what other movies did he do? He did other ones too. But I'm trying. I thought I thought he did some other. If only there was some place we could go and I look know, all that I'm stuff up, up I'm, instantly. I'm writing it. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. So. Uh, we all need to work on our padding he, he skills did, for he, yeah, he did guessing da- while we're doing stuff. Okay, he did he did Godzilla, Day After Tomorrow, 2012. Which which Godzilla? He did God, which Godzilla? Um, was it 99? The new one or the broader one? The 98. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he did White House Down. He was producer for... Oh my God, uh, White House Down is so bad. I know. 10,000 B.C., uh, Eight Legged Freaks, Godzilla the series, the TV series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he yeah. has this thing for disaster movies. He does. Yeah. He wants to blow up the world. But anyway, so that's him. But so it was a good movie for him. I like this movie for that. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, go ahead, Em. Well, no, the White House thing, it just makes me laugh because I just saw something. Where it said, almost every shot of the White House had to be faked using interior sets, exterior models, miniatures for forced perspective, and an exterior set in an L.A. parking lot. Well, no crap. <laughs> no one's going to let you film in the flippin' White House. Ever. It's incredibly rare for any film. I mean, the set from, um, oh, God, that TV show that I love so much about with 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 Martin Sheen. The West Wing? 
West Wing. Yeah. Though that set of of most of that set still exists and is in use. Every time, like in the last fifteen years, every time you see the Oval Office and it's their set. Right. It is so perfect. So it just makes me laugh. Like this was something that it's noted. Like number twelve, <laughs> the most important thing is that every shot of the White House had to be fake. <gasps> Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just made me laugh when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Adoy. Did you know that they have um, they have planned an Independence Day three? <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Really? Yes, it's it's it's. It, I'm looking at what. So I'm on uh, Roland's. We're on a first name basis here. Roland's page. And according to uh, the uh, film filmography, um, it's announced. There's no reason. There's no reason to remake to do. There's just no. It, well, yeah. It's not that big of a franchise. Oh, or it would have been will done already. Be. It will like it would have been. We would be on three. Like we would be talking about Independence Day three or four by now. To spend twenty years. My roommate is the one who convinced me of this. To spend that much time, you really have to deliver an amazing product. Well, see, here's the deal, Am. I mean, we totally, totally, totally decimated the aliens 20 years ago. They needed a little bit of time to kind of gain their stockpiles back up so they could come after us again. So it totally makes sense. Yeah, but the power of movies, you could have written that, you know, 50 years from now. Yeah, but but (laughs) let's let the technology catch up. Come on. All right. <laughs> it, 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 I'm looking at Box Office Mojo for for the the, the, the sequel. Um, domestically, it's already made almost 45 million, and um, foreign, it's made over almost a uh, uh, hundred million. Um, it's budgeted 165 million, so they're almost barely breaking even. Well, it's only been it's it's it, only the opening weekend though, so it it hasn't been that yeah, long. But- Finding Dory like broke box of like right. Well, we are talking. I'm already about, on my rant about it, right. <laughs> and I do want to see the film. But so. all right, all right. Well, let's let's focus on the <laughs> let's focus on the Independence Day, the 1996, the original Independence yes. Day. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, the one that our forefathers, you know, created <laughs> this country from. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Some of the defining moments in this one, I, I guess I made reference to it already, but, you know, obviously Bill Pullman's speech um, rallying the troops there at the Air Force Base is one of the most iconic moments of this movie, at least for me, when I when I when I watch it, it's kind of feel good and you're kind of like, yeah, let's go, you know. America, country, world, whatever. Mm-hmm. You Humanity. know, America. Yeah, America. <laughs> Let's make it great again. Sorry. Um, uh, but you know, it's just so um, it's so rallying. And my one of my favorite things I was showing Miles this uh, before is when at the Super Bowl this year, Seth Rogen Rogen like spoofed it in the Bud Light commercial. <laughs> so, and I just I just love this speech. I've always loved that speech. So one of my favorite moments. Oh yeah, I get I, I get goosebumps when, I, yeah. when I'm watching, listening to it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, uh, favorite moment of yours? So, I enjoy I enjoy the conversations between um, Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith 
those two really had a neat bizarro connection and i was super excited to read that a lot of the dialogue between the two of them was um was uh was improvised i know isn't that awesome and it just cuz you could be it was really warm it was really just kind of you could it it was really clear that they were just shooting the you know what it it was like when they're in the ship and they're just kind of there's there's clearly a guided path for what they need to discuss but they 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 clearly had a good time <laughs> and apparently um the conversations between Jed Hirsch and um and what's his butt also were there was a lot of improvisation there and Jed Hirsch is an amazing comedic actor so to put Jeff Goldblum and Jed Hirsch who look like father and son without any aid of any makeup oh yeah those that relationship there clearly clearly and you can tell when there were moments that it was just Judd like saying what felt natural or what felt like needed to be said because I was watching some of the actors behind him and just just their facial expression of uh, I thought the scene was over Yeah, there were some good moments. I agree. Uh, Jeff Goldblum and Hirsch's characters and the way they worked as father son were awesome. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, not even a main character, but his father was one of my favorite characters. Well, yeah, mine too. And he yeah. also has that kind of when they're down at, at you know in the bunker, he has this kind of inspiring speech he gives to his son. But, right. And I just uh, I do I do love that moment. I'm oh my god! I'm meeting the president. If I'd have known, I would have wanted to tie. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like that's that. The world is falling down around us. There's aliens coming from the sky, and you're like, oh my god! I need to. He he's like my mom. It's yeah. just like the little things of the 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 commonplace courtesies and and behaviors of how one should should be presented or act towards someone of power or someone of an honorable honorable position like all of that other stuff doesn't matter it's how i present myself in in a in a in a respectful way i love that <laughs> i love you know when he's gathering the children as people to, to pray and the the one the fired uh, secretary of defense goes um and he's being summoned he goes but i'm not jewish and hirsch is like yeah nobody's perfect you know <laughs> Please, this, this this sweet cantankerous you know, old Jewish guy. Yeah, yeah, that was that that too was awesome. Um, just there were so many there were so many like one liners that kind of made this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can pick any out. Um, you know, Will Smith's dialogue is riddled with lines, and you know, I guess ironically, when I was looking at reviews of this movie. This movie typically gets faulted for its sloppy skip script writing. Hmm. Um, did you see that, Am at all? Um, in the overall arcing of the stories, a little bit, there was just some of the storytelling was off. But to me, it felt like there were scenes, um, there were scenes missing. So it did. It wasn't very cleaned up, uh, especially with like Randy Quaid's kids. There was something that they were talking about that made no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, I want... Um, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm trying to remember what that was. And then a couple of things like with Vivica A. Fox escaping Los Angeles. There was some some things going on there. Like, I think the scenes were cut short or some dialogue was cut out. I, I can speak to that. I watched the... Um, 
I had I had the DVD. You could either watch the theatrical version or the special edition, which was almost twenty minutes longer. And so the scenes with uh, Randy Quaid's family was a lot longer. That was much. There was the the characters were more developed. What was going on with them, and uh, everything was a little more expanded um, from what was going on with Vivica Fox and her son escaping the destruction to um, uh, Brent Spiner's character and those scientists um, ripping open that alien and then getting attacked by it. I mean, those scenes were expanded and longer. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah it, it, that, that would have filled in more of the gaps, but I, but it was already, I guess the theatrical version was two and a half hours long. So. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. We weren't kind of in the mood for a three-hour movie. But. So maybe the, ed- maybe, maybe the editing could have been better. Just the, uh, you know, I'm looking over, like, lines from this movie. The interaction between um, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. There's so many classic lines when they're flying and, you know, about the fat lady. You know, they have they have all these different things that they do. And um, I just, I just, I just, there's, there's so much comedy in the midst of a disaster movie in this one <laughs> for me. But, um, you know, one of the other things that... Um, uh, unliked was the way they the way they made the aliens, you know, look. And um, uh, I like the alien look in here because they they had the right blend of being sinister without being overtly, you know, like Ridley Scott alien. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. They weren't. I mean, there there were these. They were they 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 were bad, but they weren't like I'm going to come in and bust out of your gut type of bad. Well, physically, I mean, they were on the small side. I mean, I mean, they 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 took over another life form. They had this biological en- endoskeleton, whatever thing. I mean, there wasn't much to them. They had these big giant heads, which kind of has a classic old sci-fi look. Um, but the their exterior, I mean, it, it has the tentacles and everything, so they can physically do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, I they were they were incredibly well formed. Yeah. It was it was some really someone paid attention and I don't know. I always I always thought that if I ever if I was ever involved in a in a movie that involved aliens, like I would get a xenobiologist and sit down and really discuss like, all right, if we were to if we were to push the boundaries of DNA and enhance this and enhance that to and it would be a different creature or a different environment. What would take over? So I, I figure they're they were carbon-based life forms. So they use they breathe oxygen. They need require water. Um, it was a little unbelievable that their little noggins, their bodies, would keep those big <laughs> heads going. But maybe the metamorphosis of the of the of the the bioskeleton was the structure needed and as their brains grew and their bodies became frail which is a nice classic trope um uh and they were there i agree with you scott about they were just sinister looking enough right they, just, they were just creepy enough to be like ooh, you still wanted to get up close and look at them but then you're nah, no maybe i should i think it was the hands for me the alien hands are what those really long made. Oh, Overly articulated fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Manipulating okay. Brent Spiner's neck. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of wigged me out a little bit. Oh, that tentacle thing. I know. Oh. 
peace, no peace. <laughs> you know, it's just that that line, which is why I'm glad to see they brought him back from the dead. <laughs> I, I, I want to see the movie just to figure out how they, or see how they, they do that. Yeah, let's see how they explain that. Mm-hmm. But, well, and then that whole scene, and I remember thinking this before, like, why is he squeezing his voice box in order to make his lips move? They would have to be moving his brain, and if they're moving all, if they're using his, they're tapping into his brain to make the You're muscles move for him to speak. They should be able to move, you know, use the autonomic system of breathing to produce the sound. That's just silly. And then I overscienceded myself. Yeah, you did overscience that. You know. But it is true. It is true. <laughs> That's <laughs> I did notice. I mean, when <laughs> Adam Baldwin shot, you just sighed like I was one of your kids trying to tell you some long story. Yeah. And then, um, and then, Daddy, um, and then. Yeah, and then and then and then, <sighs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. I hook up the computer and Thanks I upload. The dad I, 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 I upload the virus, you know, in this in binary code, which of course aliens would use. And I would, and I would, and I would, I don't want. <laughs> oh, dude, don't even get me started. Hey, I have a very serious a Mac. problem with that. They that used a Mac. He, so and, well, no, he had a PC, but it was using a Mac software. I know. Which this uh, the Mac iconography, and then and then to just presume that binary was going to work. This 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 race of creature creatures that have biomechanical <sighs> um, uh, suits and telepathy would use like they would they would have some sort of bio synthesized like. Like the gel packs on um, on Voyager. It wouldn't just be like, oh, let me just make up a virus. I can do that. I gave it a cold. <laughs> uh, yes. I have a problem with that. Yes, yes. If he was that great of a coder, he would not be working as a as a, as a a cable repairman, as his yes. father called him. <laughs> Very just randomly, true. the other thing that cheesed me... I just I've read on this list and I can understand why there's a point where um, Steve, the Marine, meets the president of the United States and doesn't come to attention and just kind of shakes his hand and nods, gives him the sup nod. And, and and when he met the general, all of that, like every and when the president walked in, nobody stood at attention. Just there were like little teeny tiny, very nitpicky things. But I had, uh, I was reading that the military had actually been signed on to assist them with this film, but only if they removed every single reference to Area 51 because they weren't going to acknowledge its existence. Yeah. So <laughs> when they were like, no, it's the whole part of the movie, they, the military pulled out. So they only had one airplane to work with. Yeah. So every time you see an airplane in that film, it's the same one. It is. It is, you know, uh, the footage that they shot. Some of the, um, some of the uh, night, the night vision footage that they show of the base is actual footage of Area Fifty One. Yeah, that they've that they've kind of incorporated in. So I thought that was kind of cool, because the truth is out there, Mulder. Yes, <laughs> uh, you know the, and I love that whole. And here's one of the things the movies kind of did well is this blend of of myth and mythology that we have in our country, you know, in America with the, uh, with area 51 and blending that into the story 
to kind of create a larger mythos. And I like that. I thought that it, mm. it's one of the things that this story did well, um, despite its faults and, and flaws. So, Oh, yeah. But, but anyway. It was... It, I'm not gonna lie. It was entertaining. Two and a half hours. It was. There's, it went. It went by so quickly. Many, there's so many things that I see now, which is why I say that you can't go home again. Kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. But if I if I suspend my disbelief or have a little scotch, I can relax and enjoy the film. No, I'm totally totally with you there, and it's it's one of these. If you can forget about the science and just enjoy it for the ride, it is a very entertaining ride. There's and, that's, and that's what it's meant to be. It's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a summer blockbuster movie. Yes, you have to turn your brain off a little. Yes, yes, there are plot holes and problems. But if you can forgive all that, you're going to have a very enjoyable two and a half hours. You're not going to be too upset you gave that up. Hmm. Yeah. So, Miles, the the deluxe edition that has the extra um, the extra scenes, does it make more sense? Does it move smoother? I think it does. Um, you understand what's going on with um, Randy Quaid's family more. They don't see they seem a little less peripheral. Um, yeah, I think it flowed better with with with, with the ad material. Yeah, and I and I would expect that it's it just sometimes the added material just makes it a little bit too long. I think for the theater. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long was Avatar. I was he see here's the thing you know you certainly have movies that have gone longer than that, and I guess they have to gauge how much an an, an audience is willing to sit for a movie this tight. Would they sit for a movie this tight for three hours? This is the mid '90s, and so it's possible the movie theater and it, back then they want to try to get as many shows as possible, and so maybe the existing movie theaters at the time maybe wasn't able to accommodate. I just remember in the mid '90s and later how uh, they made movie they made more movie theaters. They made more you know that had that had more. Um, uh, more theaters inside, so I mean they could accommodate, you know, several showings of it. But if you, if it was a smaller movie theater, you know, they that only had one one theater, one screen. One screen. Yeah. You know, this is I just that 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 that's my theory, anyways. Oh, you you might have something there, but uh, so you know, it's funny. Also released in 1996 is the longest movie ever released in to a theater. And that is Hamlet. Oh yes. I, that, that movie goes by so quickly. It I don't was really it, remember that it was that friggin' long. Was it four hours long? Two hundred and forty-two minutes. So yeah. Yeah, at least that. Probably had intermission. Yeah, we would have had to. But I I remember when my brother and I went to go see JFK. We thought that was long, and that was like hundred and ninety minutes. We thank you, computer. Um, my computer <laughs> just told me it's eight o'clock. Oh, um, it is eight o'clock. Your computer is smart. It's so smart. It's smart. I'm going to be nice to my computer because when there's the robot uprising, I need somebody on my side. Exactly. Um, you should send that computer up to blow up the mothership. Sure. 
Uh, but JF, when JFK came out, my brother and I left to go get a bite to eat and came back at around the same time, approximately, because it was just, we thought that was just too dang long. That was 190 minutes. Yeah. You know, the other, the other person that I feel like we don't talk about that beer miss is I love the, the drunk crop dusting pilot. Oh, uh, Randy Quaid. Yeah. Randy yeah. Quaid. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, well, you have this lighthearted you know the you know the butt of the uh, people's jokes in the area and he ends up you know saving the day you know mm-hmm. in a sense sacrificing himself but and he has some great lines while he doing does. it too he does i mean um th- this is what better line is this all right you alien assholes in the words of my generation up yours yeah, just <laughs> flying up yeah it's great it's gr- some great lines mm-hmm. Um, I saw in the outtakes for Independence Day that they actually flew the biplane up into the uh, mothership instead of a fighter. Yeah, I saw that was <laughs> one of the deleted scenes they yeah, talked about. Yeah. You know, it, they just felt that uh, it would rob the emotional impact by having him fly in the biplane. Mm. Yeah. But. Another, uh, Vivica, Vivica Fox's character, I mean, she... You know, she plays a stripper by profession, but, you know, she, we see her, you know, making good decisions to save her son from the, the, the tunnel blowing up and then finding this truck and she's rescuing people and she ends up rescuing the first lady. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she does quit her job. You know, she doesn't make this a, uh, she makes a decision at that point. Not that it would have mattered. It was destroyed probably anyways. But. It probably got leveled with the rest <laughs> leveled, of the, but, yeah. But when he, when he, when she quits the job, I did thought, think it was interesting that she says a line, nice working for you, Mario. It's a sarcastic tone. This is a jab at producer Mario Kasser who forced Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin to cut some scenes from the last film, Stargate. So it was a jab at this producer that Mason. <laughs> oh, what? Now, now I'm going to have to see what scenes they cut out of Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have that movie in DVD, too. So I like that movie. But I like that film. Stargate was really, really special. Yeah. It was, it was beyond unique. It was a, yeah. it was a different look at going into this, going to space, where it wasn't even going to space. We just moved terrestrially via these conduits but there was no ship there was no it 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 was it was just a door and a doorway and how brilliant was that but that's for when we discuss stargate we'll have to do another stargate rewatch yeah hey who says we can do we can't do more than one right right (laughs) (laughs) we did that way back in the uh early years of the diner we enjoyed Mm -hmm. talking about that one when it was bm yeah bm before m you know, Brett Spiner, we got to give credit for him. When he when he he basically channeled the character of Dr. Oaken, um, who, by the way, was a digital effects supervisor on Stargate. And so he channeled him right down to his hair and mannerisms were all basically him just kind of breathing life into that character. Oh, so he, he took a real person. He took a real person and channeled that into that character. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So well, wait, did, um, was Brent Spiner ever in, in Stargate? Uh, no, he wasn't. But he, okay. channeled, he channeled this character, from, not the character, the special effects advisor for that 
for Stargate movie, and the special it effects in that movie paid were an awesome. homage to yeah. a living human being. Yeah, do you know? And the special effects in Stargate phenomenal. Like when the masks come on. Oh yeah, it's absolutely beautiful the way they do the ships. Yeah, they did some beautiful oh, yeah. Sp- yeah, special effects in that one. But, but. Um, so uh, what else do we have to talk about this movie? What do you think of the music in this movie? It's your classic. Classic, such an overused word. We keep using it. It is. Um, and trope is wrong because that's it has a negative connotation. But it is it is the music I expect to see in this here in this film. You know this. Um, I want to say that the music did win some awards, though. Am I, am I right about did it win, that? Did it win Oscars or oh, I, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm making something up, which is quite uh, possible. Um, Sorry, I just dropped my Thor Funko Pop that I was playing with. That's what that. Well, let's see here. Anyways, I, I don't have it right here, but I thought that I I read somewhere that it it won some awards, but maybe um. Who's the composer? She says while well, she looks it up on the uh, internet herself it. because she could have done that. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm blanking here, but um. Ooh, rentals. It made almost. Two hundred million dollars in rentals. Totally nothing to do with this, but well, that's. I mean, that, that still shows its staying power. I mean, oh yeah, uh, movies were more. I guess getting more, a little more affordable to own, and so, I mean, I bought, and to uh, well, well, renting was still very popular back then. But uh, I, I, I bought the uh, the VHS for uh, Independence Day. Renting. Do you remember going to like Blockbuster and stuff? I know. <laughs> Uh, do you remember going to Errol's? No, we didn't have Errol's in this area. Yeah, we, we, we had Errol's was, and you could choose. You did figure out if you had beta. They had the two different sides of the store: the beta store and the VHS store. Like they're depending on whether you had a Betamax or a VHS tape player. Yeah. Do you remember this? Uh, you guys are my age. Uh, yeah, but we uh, VHS is all I remember. We but... m- my parents didn't get a VHS player till eighty seven. There was still Betamax back then. I had to explain yeah. to one of our interns what Betamax was last week. It actually that was really yeah. It got it got uh, best archival release of an existing score. Um, it was what is that? It was, it was nominated. I don't know. Um, there was a it got it got some audio awards, but maybe that's what I was thinking of. So it doesn't sound like the soundtrack itself got the. It also was nominated for the worst written film grossing over 100 million. <laughs> okay. So, I can see that. That was for the Razzie Awards. You know, I was thinking when we when we looked at NASA's top 10 worst sci-fi movies, I, I would have almost thought we NASA thought maybe they would have put that on their list. I could have seen that maybe. But yeah. Yeah, so what else do we have to talk about this movie? We like the effects. We thought the effects were good. Any other notable acting performances or scenes that we really need to talk about? Um, do we find that the the way they portrayed the American public and the world public as reacting was realistic? Well, I, I like a lot of our movies, it, it, it's America seems to save the day. I mean, um, it was an American who discovered what was going on. American who discovered how to um, bring down their shields. 
and then uh, the weakness on the ships, and then oh, we just passed out the information to uh, internationally. Yep. So it, it definitely American centric. Yeah, t- totally. Mm-hmm. Merga. Well, so it's called Independence Day, so you knew it was going to be pro America, which yeah. is great. But I didn't I didn't put that together until just now when Miles was was listing that off that yes absolutely everybody involved in the success and finding the answers all american yeah yeah pretty much pretty much but all of them like kind of well no so there were the scientists who found it yeah those yeah but that's about it yeah you know and the other i guess you I guess you could the only the only perhaps redeeming value in all that is it took people from across the strata of american society to bring this down it wasn't just some rich scientists or some big wigs doing it or the government doing it. You know, everyone from a, you know, a, a, a cable guy, you know, all the way up to the president to help bring this, bring mm-hmm. it down. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of, it did go across the, the boundaries of, uh, of financial and status. It kind of bridged those. Well, yeah. I mean, you had uh, a, Randy Quaid's character, I mean, um, a guy had a chance to redeem himself. I mean, he looked at, you know, as a buffoon, but he had a chance to, he had to pay the ultimate price, but he got to be a hero in front of his, you know, for his kids and for the world. Um, mm-hmm. um, and there, we have, what I mentioned before, uh, Vivica Fox's character, we don't think of strippers as having brains and maybe caring and doing the right thing uh, but in this movie we see her doing that I mean she she is smart she you know figures out a way to save her and her son and she goes out and she goes out and rescues people and she she's the one that rescues the first lady albeit the first lady is mortally wounded but still right. you know, so so just people on a different social strata you know contributing and they put them and they put them kind of opposite each other like you know first lady and stripper and then it's you know cable tech and uh president right and mm-hmm. so and um you know and so it's and so they do they did they did juxtapose juxtapose those things mm-hmm. so you know you had um you think they did that i never really i didn't put that together i mean i figured you know, stripper with a stripper with a heart saves the day. That's right. a that's, but I didn't really put it in that perspective of putting two people in the scene who were, you know, diametrically opposed, and yet the commonality between them is humanity. So you know, and survival. We, yeah, we all put our pants on the same way in the morning. You know, and that's really in a sense what it says. You know that 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 this is a country for all of us. Yes, there's differences. Mm-hmm. There's a president and then there's, you know, whatever. But it's the same, but but we're still in this all together. At the end of the day, we're all human. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things for me that really makes Independence Day, this movie, such a feel-good movie. Because you go you go in and, and we're all in it together and we're all fighting the same battle and... You know, yeah. you know, political parties be damned. Here we are. You know, we're gonna save, we're gonna save the entire planet together. Yeah, and if we don't, I mean, we either get past our petty differences or humanity's done. Um, so you, so what, I, so what I hear you saying, Miles, is that 
what America needs right now in the political arena is a good alien invasion. And that would solidify us behind. It would bring us together. It would bring us together. <laughs> that, you know, it'd be uh, none of this political squabbling. Right. You know? It would be uh, Hillary and Trump dancing hand in hand down the aisle. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe each of them would be fighting side by side. Yes. <laughs> yes. In a biplane and a airship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can only hope. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Em, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> I'm listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, it's 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 just a, um, it, but it is it, for me. It's a very feel good movie, and that's and and I think they the the message uh, is there. There seems to be a message in there, intentional, unintentional. I'm sure it was intentional, but right, and it, maybe, and it wasn't done maybe in a. It wasn't over, overly pontificating, overly preaching, I guess, because it was done yeah. with a lot of humor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Em? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you're, you guys are giving it a lot of credence. <laughs> giving it too much credit, <laughs> maybe? a really deep film. Yeah. Well, you know uh, what? And, 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 and to be fair, I don't think it's meant to be the deepest film, but I think that there are certainly, right. there, I, I think there are some levels that you could analyze this movie and say that... Uh, if you question its value, there is a sense where it asks us to kind of look beyond, well, today we would say look beyond party lines, but it'd be, you know, let's look beyond the socioeconomic lines and it'd see people for being people. And there's, well, yeah, not just socioeconomic. I mean, just uh, geographic. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, that's yeah. they everybody had to team up. That's the team up that love a good team up yeah. i love that they 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 used an archaic means of communication to to team up yeah. you know and that it was really nice to see the britons go you know well the americans have a plan well yeah. by jove what have they got <laughs> you know like yeah. they're, that they're all behind us and and mind you i'm i'm still reeling from the brexit last week and right. how how gleefully i am enjoying watching britain just kind of eat crow about the stupidity of their of their populace when they love making fun of us. Yeah. Well, chuckles. <laughs> last Thursday, I'm I'm karma's a you know what. <laughs> but it was, and then the the Russians and the Chinese. It was. It. I like a good team up. I like when people have to have to suck it up and team up together. Now, were they using Morse code to communicate? Was that what they? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you did you read that M that when the aliens come, the drum beats that you hear when they arrive actually spell out the word "die" in Morse code? The it's, drum beat. You mean yeah, the beat and the do, 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 or whatever it is when they when they when they when they first arrive and the ships start stationing. When you, like the opening scenes, the drum beats in that scene. If you listen to them, the the drum beats spell out the initials D I E. It's the music, yeah. not the not the sound, not the radio frequency that's being picked up, right? I believe so. Okay. Oh, I did not know that. But so uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But die. But yeah, the uh, you know, it, and I like what you said it, when we talk about ge the geography of it. You have a guy working as a crop duster in you know, rural America. And then you have the guy from New York City, and then you have the political arena, and you you have him from all walks of life, right? Mm -hmm. Will uh, Smith and Vivica Fox's characters were from California. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the whole, the whole breadth of it. Mm-hmm. And everybody meets up at Area 51. Of course. Because I, I still yeah, think who you wouldn't? guys have given it a lot more credence than, than it, it was. Than it, it, well, someone has to. to someone has to. No, I'm just kidding. So. I think it's, 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 it's easy to see after all this time. I don't know if that was something that I'd be curious if that was something that they, they purposefully or even like kind of subliminally put in there that they wanted. They want a story, kind of that underlying story. Well, you know curious. what? We, the only way to answer that is to get Roland on this show. Sure, I'll get right on that. I mean, get on that. You contact him <laughs> and see if he'll come on this sure. podcast. Sure. Oh, yeah. Roland Emmerich. Let's talk Independence Operator, Day. Operator, get me Hollywood <laughs> 652. <laughs> Uh, the world will end before that happens, but <laughs> because <laughs> because Roland's directing it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what? It's any better other than a Michael Bay film? Right, it's better than. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's giving you some credit. At least there's. Yeah. I would like to see Roland make uh, uh, Transformers. Yeah, I want to see him make Voltron live action. Oh, how cool would that be? We have the technology. I mean, the kaijus and the, and, and the, what was the, the movie with the kaijus and the Pacific Rim? That's what it was. Yeah. Um, they made those movies. You can make Voltron. It has to be in the works. Somebody make Voltron. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else we want to say about this uh, movie before we move on? It was fun Miles? watching it again. Um, yes, you have to suspend your disbelief. Yes, do you have to forgive some A of the plot problems but if you could do that <laughs> if, if you if you could do that you yes. can you can do it you're gonna have a good time it's not meant to expand your horizons or mm. yeah maybe scott and i got a little little deep not too deep but um it, it, they did it in a feel-good sort of way as far as just the teamwork and coming together and um looking past our differences to for a common goal but it was done in a way not to pontificate, but uh, to maybe just add more of a feel-good moment um, at the end. No, absolutely. Totally with you. Mm-hmm. I think we could get rolling just based on the fact that you guys made this the deepest movie ever for being an alien killing movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to bring the world together. <laughs> and she, yeah, and you insert crickets there, right? Um, I, you know, it's it's. I, I think when it comes down to it, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you here. It, it, suspend your disbelief, and and say, um, and say that this is a good and fun movie to watch. But if you think about it deeply, certainly the science falls apart many different mm. places. Um, it it does have a positive message. Uh, about humanity and we're coming out of like let's think of the era we're coming out of when this movie came out um there were a lot of dark movies that had kind of come out prior to this um and and now we have humanity kind of rallying together this is kind of a positive thing at this point and so i like this movie for that aspect and i certainly liked it for the explosions and uh and uh just to hear Jeff Goldblum recite lines from Jurassic Park. It was just great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. Em? It was... I'm not going to turn down watching it. It's just... It's, it's, 
It's a little cheesy now. But it is such a good film for the time as 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 a as a vehicle for entertainment, as a vehicle for for letting your brain go somewhere else and really, you know, heck yeah, we got this kind of mentality. It was it was it was it's a good team up alien movie and I like those. As cheesy as some of them are, I really like those. Very good. Very good. So uh, if we were to rate this movie, and you can choose whether you're going to rate it as your 1996 self or your 2016 self. Um, if you were to rate this movie out of five stars, how would you rate it, Miles? If it, from, from my 1996 self, uh, I would probably give it four stars. And my 2016 self, maybe three and a half. Because watching it again, I probably had to forgive more the plot problems right. uh, in this movie. Um, it didn't mean I didn't enjoy it, but we, if, if we wanted to be more negative and critical, we could really rip this one a new one. Oh, we definitely could. We mm-hmm. definitely could. Uh, my, uh, M? I already pontificated. I know, but I want you to rate it now. Oh, uh... Hmm. <laughs> you don't want to rate it, do you? Well, <laughs> the, out of five, five being there is no way I'm seeing this again, or one being I won't see this again, and five being this is the best thing I have ever seen in my whole life, um, which right now is Mad Max. Uh, I would I would give it like a two. I don't hate it, but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's not the... And I'm rating it as myself now. If I rated it as my 1996 self... Um, yeah, it would probably be like a three and a half, four. Yeah, I'm with but you. That, but then yeah. again, I hadn't seen all the stuff I've seen now. Well, of course. So that's kind of dilutes it. I know. I've seen, I, you know, I, I would give it a four. 1996 self was a four. I love the movie. It was a great movie. Probably a three now. I'm a little bit more forgiving than M. Um, um, mm-hmm. But maybe not quite as forgiving as you, Miles. Uh, but I, you know, it's still a fun movie. I don't think about it. It's a fun movie. And that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we, we, yeah. We, we we go to theater many times to kind of escape our lives, and this movie does help us do that. Oh so, yeah, it's a good escape uh, movie. All right. Well, next week or two weeks from now, we will be reviewing the uh, new Independence Day movie, and if you want to chime in on that, we will post uh, a link up on Facebook for you to comment on. Or you can certainly email us here at the Sci Fi Diner Podcast at gmail dot com and let us know your thoughts about the new Independence Day. Did it live up to the hype? Was it what you were expecting? What did you like? What did you wish it would have done better? Was it great to see people returning back in? Let us know everything about what you're thinking. And we want to know what you're thinking, not what the reviews out there are saying, because we can easily read them. And um, sometimes we listen to them and say, yep, they're pretty dead on. The next time, well, I kind of like this anyways. And so we really want to hear from you. And... Uh, and I think that about does it. Does that, does that uh, sound good? So two weeks we're going to do that, right, guys? Sounds good. Is it good for Sounds you, Adam? Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. All right, so let us know your thoughts. And uh, if you're coming to Shore Leave, let us know that as well. Our Escape Velocity, actually, that's coming up this weekend. So I don't know if this will be out before then. But if you're at Escape Velocity, say I am. She'll be there with Frage. So. But All right, I believe that's about it. All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your dailies. Space pants!
much better. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. <gasps> So much better! <laughs> that is awesome! Uh, you guys are the best. <laughs> it doesn't take much to make them happy. So, all right. All we're I good. It's an 18 karat diamond ring and I'm fine. Because <laughs> then I would sell it and invest it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> 